This is the best moments of the Barbecue Central Show in 10 minutes or less. Ever wish you could re-listen to your favorite interview or segment? Do you enjoy hearing older shows for the first time in years? Then the best moments of the Barbecue Central Show in 10 minutes or less is just what you need. Thanks for listening and enjoy the show. Greetings, everyone. Welcome to this edition of the best moments of the Barbecue Central Show in 10 minutes or less. I am your host, John Solberg, and I am happy to be taking you back today to May 29th, 2012. It is a doubleheader with what I am calling the longest running recurring guest in Barbecue Central history, Dr. Barbecue himself, Ray Lampy. Let's jump right into Greg and Dr. Barbecue's conversation from May 29, 2012. Yeah, I love the ACDC. Of course, Highway to Hell, which is, I think, uh, we always seem to be maybe heading down that road when you're on the show for some reason. Oh, people, I keep hearing about how I'm mellowing, though. It it concerns me, you know? I might have to crank it up a little. (laughs) All right, so we're going to talk a little bit tonight about this little beauty right here. I'm going to go ahead and shoot the product cam. There it is, Slow Fire. It's the Beginner's Guide to Barbecue by you, Dr. Barbecue Ray Lampy. And I guess what I found kind of interesting or unique, I'm always interested to see who's writing forwards for whose books. Uh, I think you uh, accidentally missed me writing your forward, but you got somebody else that is probably a little bit better and more adept at this in Famous Dave. Uh, why did you pick Famous Dave to write the Ford? Because I, I kind of have a theory that within barbecue circles, he, he might not be as appreciated as he should be. Yeah, you're right. I, I hadn't I had met Famous Dave via the internet, and we chatted a little bit, and and he's a, he's actually from Chicago, and and so we had been friends on the internet. And last year, I went to the National Barbecue Association conference in. Uh, South Carolina, Greenville, or somewhere over there, and and met him personally and spent some time talking to him and stuff. And he's the real deal, man. This guy, he's a barbecue man, you through and through. He, you know, I, I never, I thought he was kind of a corporate shill, and you know, you, I guess you get that impression of people if you don't know him. And I spent a little time with him, and found out he was definitely not, and he's just a really good guy. And it was shortly after that I was needing somebody to do that, and and I thought I'm going to take advantage of this because. Because Famous Dave is the man, you know, he's a, he's a really accomplished guy in, in many ways. I mean, he's a Harvard grad, you know, a barbecue man and Harvard grad. That's not two things you say in the same sentence very often. No, typically not. And I guess maybe the only thing good that came out of whatever that uh, debauchery TV show was on the Food Network, like Up in Smoke or Best in Smoke, was the fact that you got to actually see Dave cook in a in a competition style setting not something that we would normally be accustomed to be it an fba or a kcbs or an ibca type event however it was on television for everybody to see and it was a challenge of sorts plus it was culinary and he did pretty well on that show yeah he got hosed though basically he he fucked up his leg bad he is (laughs) he's he's still having trouble with his leg from that show He, he got hurt bad there and besides, you know, even if he didn't have a bad leg, he's an old fat guy. He's going to outrun all them guys to the truck. That was stupid. Yeah. I, I felt bad for him there. I was hoping they, I hope they wouldn't do that to me on any show. All right, so a good forward written to you by Famous Dave. Uh, as far as what we might be able to expect from the book, as far as, you know, how who it's geared towards and how it might differ from some of the other books that Dr. Barbecue has written already. Well, it was actually Bill LeBlanc is the editor. Bill's a legendary cookbook editor uh, for Auto Chronicle Books, and it was his idea. He came. He said, "You know, we've 
we see all these books, barbecue books, and the, he, the word he used was hero books. And they're all written from a point of view of I'm the god of all barbecue and, and this is how you do it. And you buy a $10,000 smoker and you be like me and you can win the championship of the world too. Well, that's all good and well, but my God, how many of those books are we going to write? I've written a bunch of them and, and so is everybody else now. And he said, let's write one that's a little more approachable for the average guy because we believe there's a lot of people that really would like to get into barbecue without that sort of commitment and, and that sort of intimidation. And I thought it was a really good idea. And, I, and frankly, I've been doing it for so long. I mean, I think I was capable of writing it. So we really wrote it. It's called The Beginner's Guide to Barbecue. And, and that's really how I meant it to be. Uh, not And there's no grilling. There's nothing except barbecue recipes in there and a few side dishes. It's really to teach new people how to cook barbecue. Now, someone told me recently that a lot of people are liking it. We're getting great reviews on the book. But someone told me that they thought it was a little bit too... Uh, advance for the actual hardcore bottom of the barrel beginner. Oh, you know, what can I do? If it is, it is. I'm sorry. I, I It's hard to, it's something I've been doing for so long and so, you know, so many years, it's hard to go back to the bottom. But I think I did. And that was the intention of the book. And, and it's been really well received because of that, because I think it's true. I think a lot of people are just intimidated by the way we approach it. All right. So out of all of the, the pages that are in there, you got a lot of great pictures, a lot of great recipes. You know, are there a couple, one or two, that are in the book that you really like? Well, I think, and something I've noticed myself, that's my, this is my sixth cookbook, I've gotten much better at making sauces and rubs, I think. I think the ones in the beginning were pretty good, but I think I've gotten much better at it. So I think the rubs, number 67 and 68, are both very good and very interesting. And the sauces as well, there's a orange chipotle sauce in there that I think is great. Uh, something a little different. Uh, one of the other things was, you know, after brisket, pork, ribs, and chicken, now you have to actually fill up a cookbook. And, and I wanted to make some interesting things. There's a great duck recipe that uses that orange chipotle sauce. And then there's some simpler recipes like scotch eggs and, and pork steaks uh, and, th- and things like that that cook a little quicker. Uh, stuffed mushrooms cooked on the smoker and fajitas cooked on the smoker. And some of that stuff came out pretty good. And I think it's going to be good for people that are just kind of dipping their toe in the water, they can't quite grasp the concept of cooking something for 12 hours. So a a 45-minute or two-hour cook is a little more, makes more sense to them. Dr. Barbecue Ray Lampy joining us here on the show. His website, by the way, drbbq.com if you want to check him out. You know, you've mentioned you've written six books now. The first one was kind of a one-off on its own. It was a book that was already in your head. And then we've talked in the past about how you've actually had to go through and work a book from beginning to end for the subsequent five. You know, out of those, do you have a favorite one? Are they own, are, are they own their own kind of uh, sexy child or, or what? Yeah, I mean, they're like children, you know. You, you like them all. I, the first one was cool because, like you said, it really was – recipes and stories and stuff that I had just saved up my whole life and and got a chance to write them down. So that was kind of cool. The second and third one, I was really cutting my teeth and kind of learning how to uh, write a cookbook. I don't know that those are the best ones. The NFL book is one that I think didn't get much, didn't get the respect it deserves. I think it's a really good book and it just never got the promotion that be needed in the beginning. And then the economy just kind of tanked the cookbook business and it just never got a fair chance. If there's one that I think didn't get the respect it deserves, it's that one. And plus, for me, it was fun because I was able to write a chapter on cooking soup, which is something I really like to do. And most people don't know that. And sandwiches and side dishes and a lot of stuff that wasn't necessarily barbecue. 
All right, so let me ask you this, Ray. The book has been out for a little while. Was it a couple weeks now? Uh, actually, I think it's about a little over a month. A little I think over a month. Early April. All right. Uh, as far as the publisher is concerned, everybody's good there. Uh, has it like gone to, to second printing or whatever they call it? I heard third printing the other day, oh, which wow. is pretty amazing for how long it's been out. Absolutely. So, and, and I've had a string. I've had you know the you this week. I had Ted Reader who was out with a new book. Uh, it'll be two weeks ago today, and then the week before that, I had Robert Rainford on, whose book was a week uh, you know uh, before he actually showed up on my show. All were in second printing. Yours is now in third. Do you foresee a point where you know this kind of a book might not be as in demand? Is it uh, something that's it's cyclical and you just see it popular because it's a little bit more on television now, or is this something that you just see gaining popularity down the road? Well, my publisher, uh, you as you see, you see that book in your hand. It's a smaller, really good-looking book, and that's intentional. They they think that the big blocky Steve Raiklin books, the you know, these big mega books are probably not the best thing to be putting out right now. This book's eight by eight, 175 pages or something like that. Uh, it not only does it do well on Amazon and the traditional bookstore places, it's big enough for that, but it's small enough to really get a good spot at Williams Sonoma and Crate and Barrel and places like that. I, and they, they seem to think that it has life as a sort of a, a impulse buy and a, and a gift a gift book as well and it, because it's so pretty too i mean the, the picture on the cover look at that and they actually reshot that there's a brisket shot inside that i told them i didn't really think looked that good and there was a uh they actually there's a, a contest guy gosh i can't think of his name right now the works for chronicle and he cooked that brisket and i talked to him and said you know make sure you puff up the smoke ring and and they reshot it and they liked the shot so much they put it on the cover so we're we're taking a different approach and trying to make interesting books, uh, not just write the same book over and over, and a good-looking book like that. So in that case, I think it has, has life. Uh, obviously, uh, this book has got more sales electronically than any book I've ever written as well. You know, that's the world we live in. Um, you know, they honestly, Greg, they still write Chinese cookbooks, and they still write Italian cookbooks, and God, how many is there out there? So I don't know. I think as long as there's good books... People are still going to be interested in them. To put in your request for a future show, please contact John Solberg via email at John, J-O-N, at the BBQCentralShow.com. There you go. Ray Lampy joining us here on the show. All right, let me get your thoughts because you did mention uh, Guy Fieri, and he was kind of like a hot topic on here probably for the next couple weeks. You know, We were talking about the Barbecue Hall of Fame with Ed Marin last week and how it went from this kind of stagnant, uh, worse-than-mediocre presence online for a number of years, and American Royal steps up, buys it. Did you own, like, uh, BarbecueHallOfFame.com or something like that, Ray? Yeah, I still do. I, I, I own BBQ Hall of Fame, and I own American BBQ Hall of Fame, and I, some other, a couple other, you know, you can't buy them all. There's just so many. But I thought BBQ Hall of Fame was probably the key one, and I bought it a long time ago, and uh, I still own it. I don't know. I, I mean, I, it's pointed at that website, and I don't have any intention of, of moving it. Uh, frankly, at some point, if they go in the right direction, I'll give it to them. Uh, it's not like I want to sell it or anything. I just happened to buy it one day. You know, you ever go on uh, on GoDaddy and just kind of poking around, see what's available? And I happened to run across it, and I, and I bought it, really. And I never intended to. It's, it, it'll never be for sale. If somebody gets a legit barbecue hall of fame going i'll give it to him i you know i'd be happy to so at this point i don't know if american royal even knows but i own it and it's pointed at their at 
I don't know. Is there even a website up these days for it? I'm not really even sure what's there. But, I mean, I just remember seeing it, you know, maybe a year or so ago, and it had always kind of looked the same year after year. But it looks like the American Royal is actually going to step up and obviously do brick-and-mortar type of a, of a Hall of Fame, which is more traditional like some of the other major sports that are out there, basketball, baseball, whatever. So with the new induction class, and I don't know how they're actually going to go about ushering in these people, but there's three categories for now, and whether that changes down the road or not, which I think it should, is yet to be seen. You have a business category or an invention category, you have a pitmaster category, and then you have a celebrity category. So you have uh, Henry Ford going in, uh, obviously you know, well-known for helping Kingsford and the whole uh, proliferation of charcoal and all that good stuff, so no questions there for sure. Uh, Johnny Trigg, certainly uh, beyond reproach as far as career, what he's done, number of victories. So I don't have a problem with uh, Pitmaster Johnny Trigg. I can't imagine you would have uh, an issue with Johnny Trigg getting into the Hall of Fame, right? No, heck no. Johnny, yeah, I think it's a great choice. Uh, no, I'm fine with Johnny for sure. All right, so here's here's the weird aspect for me. And I know this could potentially put you in this weird situation because you kind of know Guy. And it's nothing against him. If it was some other celebrity, I would probably be saying the same thing. I don't understand why they would have a celebrity category, per se. I mean, who is defining celebrity? I mean, we can certainly sit here and say that if, you know, you, Ray Lampy, and me, Greg Rempe, were walking down the street with Guy, 10 out of 10 people are going to recognize Guy, and they're going to wonder who the hell we are standing next to him. Now, we might get some cast-off poon, which would be great. However, that doesn't change the fact that nobody knows who the hell we are, and they know who Guy Fieri is. So celebrity in that sense is fine. I'm totally okay with that. But in my view of hall of fame it's what has somebody done to go above and beyond the industry or the sport so i could point out somebody like you or myron or fast eddie uh or any number of other people before i could even get to guy as celebrity in the industry so what's your kind of uh, what's your take on that as far as the celebrity category not necessarily dealing with guy per se well yeah it's, it's a tough situation I, I get it i understand what they're doing um I, I don't. I think guys are actually a good choice. If you're going to have that category, you know, let's not forget, guy cooked at the American Royal before he was on the Food Network. Uh, he went to that class in Houston that James and Lola Rice gave all those years, ten years ago, probably, uh, and and just went on his own because he was a restaurateur with a barbecue restaurant, wanting to learn more about barbecue. It's one of them cases where he gets. Uh, we wouldn't even be talking about him if he wasn't so famous. Right. Uh, so, I, I mean, guys, if there's anybody that's deserving in that category, I think Guy is more worthy than people are going to realize or give him respect. However, it is a goofy category. But if you're the American Royal, I, you know, I, you, you want to try and get him to come. It's not like they picked Bobby Flay, though, or somebody like that. Yep, sort but of but what's any different? I could make I could make a bigger argument that Bobby Flay has done more for grilling and barbecue than than Guy Fieri ever has. But you said grilling and barbecuing. Are we talking about barbecuing? Or are we talking about grilling and barbecuing? I don't you know think I don't think that the American Royal has any idea. I think they just want to put a, a celebrity face in there so they can get more people to come in. And whether it's Guy this year and whether it's Bobby the year after that, I think that's always going to be a weird category because there's tens of thousands of people that do exactly what you said, but they also just don't happen to be on the Food Network and host game shows. They go to and cook the American Royal every year. They go take classes, but you never hear about them. Well, but that's the good news of creating a celebrity category. 
I mean, we could argue whether that's a, a wise choice, but at least they didn't take Guy and say he's a pit master or, or something like that. Um, they, they said, you know, the celebrity category, I, you know, it's a business for them. I, I don't know. I, I, I'm not going to beat them up over it. I, as long as they're keeping it in a celebrity category, again, if they put Guy in over Johnny or Eddie or me or Myron or, or all that in the in the pitmaster category, I might have a beef with it. But the guy is a legit barbecue cook. He owns a barbecue restaurant. He owns a big barbecue trailer pit. Um, I mean, you know, he, he he's a legitimate barbecue guy. He's got, he sells barbecue sauce and rub and um, it's it, not that he's necessarily as accomplished as a lot of guys, but. It's not like they just took some celebrity. They did take a guy who does have a barbecue background. Like it or not, he was a barbecue guy before he was famous. Uh, but, you know, at what level? Certainly not at the level of Johnny Trigg. There's a great old story, though, about him teaching Johnny how to do a sushi roll at the American Royal before he was ever on the American Royal. I mean, before he was on the, the Food Network. So, <laughs> you know, is it is it a ploy to get attention? Probably but what the heck. Yeah, I think it's a bad category, and if you were... I know you're not calling me out on it, Ray, but you're damn right. It's sour grapes for me. I'm <laughs> totally an internet celebrity. Forget about it. And there you have it. From May 29th, 2012, the good Dr. Barbecue always brings something good to the game. I love the Chicago swagger that guy has on top of all that. I always learn something from Ray Lampy every single time. Hey, do me a favor if you have not done so already. Please make sure you rate and review this show in your podcast catcher. Also, appreciate any comments on the main website, or you can reach me via email at john, and that is J-O-N, at thebbqcentralshow.com. Thanks so much for checking it out. Until next time, I am your host, John Solberg. I look forward to talking to you again soon.